0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all, we've been in this series. Y'all know, what, what series have we been in? Oh, y'all here. Y'all been paying attention. We've been in this series, Growth. And this is week five, y'all. This is week five. And I'm going to go ahead and go over our series of scriptures because I want to beat this into y'all so much because this is my job. Is to beat this text in you so much that it's in your heart that you might not sin against it, the, text, the scripture said. Verse, John chapter 15, let's go. I'm the grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he proves the branches that do bear fruit. He says he does that so that they can bear more fruit. He says, he says uh, uh, so they can produce even more fruit. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit unless it's severed from the vine, and, it cannot be, and, you, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I love how I stop on verse 3. Because verse three, I've heard this so many times argue to me and preach and I don't see how it makes it, it, you can't the words are pretty simple when they're writing get ready to get Real. so if, when you see Jesus speaking, you don't have to misinterpret what he's saying. it's pretty clear. you have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. What does that mean pastor? It means this is not a salvation talk. You've already been pruned, and purified by the message I've given you. What is that message? That I am the Son of God. Put your faith in me. He says, So, since you've already put your faith in me, you've already been pruned and purified. Your salvation, that started is over here. He says, but it's another part we got to talk about. Some lifestyle. He says he's teaching you how to, he's teaching you how to have a fruitful lifestyle in him. Though you've been pruned and purified, you believe in him to be God, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. He's trying to teach you a lifestyle thing here. He says, "I'm the vine. I'm the true grapevine. My father's a gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he proves the branches so they do bear fruit, so they reproduce more, even more." Fruit. He says, "Verse four: Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For I, can, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So this is how we have a lifestyle: stay connected to me, I'll stay connected to you." Verse five: Yes, I'm the vine; you are the branches. Think about a branch in the trees. This tree, you got the big tree, you got branches, you got fruit that hang. He says, if you, as long as that fruit and that branch, as long as that branch is connected, that vine is connected to the, the, the main tree, it will keep, an apple may fall off, but it just grow another one. He says, but the minute you cut that branch off, it's, even if it looks nice and green and pretty, it's about to die within a few days or weeks. So he's saying, you need to stay connected to me. You cannot produce anything, any fruit, any Holy Spirit fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control, the non-fruits of the Spirit. You cannot produce them without being connected to me. He says in verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withered. Such branches are gathered into a pile and burned. We're not talking about salvation. I've heard people argue, see, they go to hell, burned. Oh, Lord. We like the burn in the hell word a lot in church. He's not talking about burn in the context of hell. He, what, he says, you will be useless to the kingdom of God if you settle for just believing in me and you don't produce real fruit. If you don't allow me to pull your life or work on you, you really won't produce no fruit. What, what use are you to me? You take those, you gather them and burn them up in the power. You know, First Corinthians chapter 3, he says, when God put the fire in your life, And and, and, in Judgment Day, when he wants to reward you, he said that builder will suffer great loss, but the builder himself will be be saved. He will put the fire on your life, and all that he cannot use will be burnt up. It's it's a correlation here. If you live your life and you don't give Christ none of it, you're useless to him. You're useless to the kingdom of God. Watch this. Verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. This is where he's trying to grow us to. To the point to where we're, he says, He says. Well, he, uh, he says if you produce fruit, I'm going to prune you so you produce more fruit. So the idea is that as we come into the knowledge of God and put our faith in Christ, we start producing some fruit somewhere in our life. Something starts to change. But he says, I prune you, cut out the dead parts of your life that I can't use so you can produce even more fruit. So he says, what happened here is you start to produce, do, do, produce fruit. I come in and help you produce even more fruit. And then we go to the point to wherever you ask me for, I'll do it for you. The point of this is God said, I want to trust you so much with my Holy Spirit. The thing he was just telling them about the chapter before and chapter 14. So where you can just declare a decree and speak it and I'll do it. i just back it up. This is the growth. We're trying to grow to that point where we just speak it and God moves. But that don't just happen for free. You don't just get that. You have to stay abiding in him and so he can abide in you. You've got to stay connected to him and he'll stay connected to you. That takes work. Salvation, you already been proven and purified by the first part. You believed in me. You're good there. Now you got to live better. And that takes work. Sanctification is free. I mean, uh, 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 salvation is free. Sanctification ain't. Is that a word? Can you say ain't? I'm making up stuff. Salvation is not. Salvation is free. Sanctification, being set apart, is not free. That costs you. And this is what we don't understand the body of Christ and we preach them like they're one big thing together that when you believe in God, you got to change immediately or you're really not saved. That's not what the Bible actually even says. It actually says you've been pruned and profile by belief in me. Now you need to live a lifestyle so I can build and put my riches in you, so I can trust you with my Holy Spirit, so you can actually build fruit in your life that's that's identical, that that, that shows that you belong to me. He says in verse 8, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my father. The point is that we produce real fruit and we can be claimed to being true disciples of God. Hebrews 5, our other scripture for this series. There is much more we, we would like to say about this. But it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. He's talking to the, to church, the church. He's talking about to, to the Christians, believers. Verse 12, you have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. He said, we can't even get to the deep stuff, the the, the deep miracles and signs and wonders and stuff. I got to go back and explain to you how you saved. You don't even understand the basics of this. Watch this. He says, you are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. They literally don't even know how to live right. You're still infants," he said. "Y'all don't even know how to live, right? We're still feeding y'all the basics of the basics of the gospel. I'm still trying to explain the very basic things to y'all because y'all, y- 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 y'all, I don't even know the right from wrong. You, I don't expect my two or three year old to know right from wrong. It's a baby. I'm not expecting them to not touch the hot stove. I'm, I, that's why I put guards on cabinets and everything to keep them out because I understand they're babies." And too often, unfortunately, in church, I have to put a lot of locks and stuff on Scripture and different things because babies. We can't even get past the basic things about God. We're still complaining and trying to battle the basic things. He said we can never get to the deep things. We need to still understand salvation and, and basic salvation. Watch this. For someone who lives on the to of the infant and doesn't know how to do what is right, verse 14. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training... And have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong, and that what we're trying to do here, and what we're trying to do here in this series, is grow to the point. Through training, we understand the difference between what's right and wrong. We understand how to live holy, and what's sinful, and what we need to stay away from. Growth. This year is time for growth. We cannot be a church or ministry it just says, "I'm a believer. Jesus, is Lord," and we just stay there. I believe. I believe you God Cost. my sins. I do, man. That's such a blessing. Now it's time for discipleship. Now it's time to make Jesus Lord, sovereign owner over your life. Now you look at the sin in your life and say, no, I'm bad. I don't want that anymore. Because now I understand what Jesus did for me on the cross so much so that now I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to live like that anymore. Watch this. Salvation is free. Sanctification, sanctification ain't. Holiness is not free. Being a kingdom vessel is not free. Like, that that will cost you a lifestyle of, 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 of fasting, praying, the tools we talked about last week, getting our weight up, that will cost you a lifestyle of battling your flesh. Paul says, I'll beat my flesh into submission. He didn't say that I, the flesh just stop and lay down. He said, it's a fight. I read to y'all last week, remember, he said, this is a fight to the death. This is no afternoon picnic that's over. We are fight, You are fighting your flesh 24-7. It's something that needs to do and want to do it shouldn't be doing. It want to speed it shouldn't speed. It want to go party that it shouldn't can't party. You are constantly battling what you can't do and shouldn't be doing. The goal is sanctification. The, 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 the finish line for the Christian. The goal ultimately in all of this is sanctification. Why why do you believe in Jesus Christ? When I come into belief in Jesus Christ, when I, and I acknowledge Him and I receive Him, well, what's the goal at that point? to just kind of live and be cool for the rest of our days so he come back. No, the goalpost, the finish line, is sanctification. Throw that picture up there. The goalpost, when you get to the point where you're like, hey, I'm used, I'm good, I can rest, is sanctification. I mean, I got to explain sanctification to you. In the Hebrew, the Hebrew word for sanctification is Kaddish. Holy, dedicated, consecrated. Consecrated means to make sacred, hollowed, to be separate, set apart from ordinary use, to show yourself to be sacred. In the Greek, I love it, it says hagiosmos, consecration, purification. Itself denotes the act of of God effected in our lives as believers by which they are brought into a state of consecration to God. Believers have been conferred the status of holiness, which is essential for having a fellowship with God. If you want to have a relationship with God, you want to say, I know him in a personal manner. I know him. He's with me and I am with him. That comes through fr- sanctification. Again, being set apart. Again, being sacred use for him. Okay. Let I me mean, hold spirit. is a good one. My wife is sanctified to me. I share with you my food. I share with you i give you my money. I'm not sharing my wife with you. Go up to Pastor Ann and about, can I borrow essence for the weekend? Try him like that. You, you may say, hey, can I borrow your drill or your fan? I mean, you may get the car. But you're not getting his wife for the weekend. Why? Because she's sanctified to him. She's sacred to him. Walk up to one of y'all husbands. Talking about, can I borrow him, come over to my house for the next three days and help me work on my basement and, and, and I need to see him? No. <laughs> Go find you a little plumber or something out here. Get on Facebook Market and find you somebody. He's he sanctified to, to me. He's hollowed. He's set apart for my use, not yours. God says, I want my people sanctified coming out from the world set apart from them for me. And when the world comes up, y'all should be like, no. I, y'all don't get to use me. I'm set apart for the use of heaven. I am a vessel for Christ, so him to pick in his bag and pick out what he wants. I'm, I'm, I'm a car guy. I used to have multiple cars. And I had a brand-new 2021 Corvette C8. Motor in the back, pretty. Got it, went right into the dealership, give me the one I'm showing for, that one. Clean up, put a bow and I want a bow. And I got it home, right? I scooted, all the other cars and everything else out the way. I put that into my third garage spot, cleaned the floor that was under it. I, I cleaned the floor under the car and set it there. And I looked at my sons and said, don't ride bikes around this car. I looked at Kara and said, you don't ride the bikes in the garage no more go Outside up here on the patio, I'm sanctifying this area for my baby. I didn't take it through the car wash, I was out there hand washing it up under it. Why, who washes under the car? Why did you need to, why did under the car need to be clean? I'm cleaning parts that don't even make sense to clean because to me, it was sanctified and holy. Now, the rest of the cars, is just job. I don't care, job them up through a pothole. That's everyday use. This one is special. Everybody ain't getting the keys to this one. Like you don't get to. You can take the civic, go drive it, go get, do whatever you. But you can't touch this one. It was set apart and sacred for me. And what we got to understand that's what God is wanting from His people, us to be sanctified. Watch this. First, First Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four. I'm going to amplify it. verse seven. For God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness to be dedicated and set apart by behavior that pleases him, whether in public or in private. That's a big one because a lot of us in the church are really good with public good behavior, public display of loving Christ. But when we get in private, boy, we will cuss you. Our whole everything changes. And when we at church, oh, we are holy. But the minute we get in that car, I ain't going to spend too much time on that. Verse 8, so whoever rejects and disregards this, this is not merely rejecting man, but the God who gives the Holy Spirit to you. He says, when you do this, let me finish reading, to dwell in you and empower you to overcome temptation. He says, whoever rejects and disregards this, regards, this is, not, is not rejected man, but God who gives us the Holy Spirit. He says, you, you reject this, the, the call uh, 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 to be dedicated and pure, holy, reverent lives. You're really rejecting the Holy Spirit. You don't want the Spirit of God to live in you. You don't want you don't want a relationship with God that comes through the, inter- the interaction and the possession of the Holy Spirit in you. You don't want that. You just want to put up a front. And we're going to talk about fronts. Watch this, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Watch this. I am want to go with this message version real quick. I love to message version. Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self absorbed money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous appearance, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderous, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust, and, and allergic to God. He says they always make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. They will put up a whole show of religion. I'm talking about beat the carpet down. He said, "But they're animals." And I'm like, "Lord, dang, that's pretty rough." Message, version, Dang. And I start thinking about animals. Have you ever seen like them videos of the monkeys? They're, like throwing poop at people, running up, snatching people through fences. I seen that video to do the monkey. The bat held the man. She was screaming for life. I was scared from watching the video. And I'm like, they. I'm like, what these meanings here? They just do things with no regard for Christ at all or anybody else. All they care about is themselves and what they want, when they want, how they want it. They're ruthless, he says, impulsive, wild, and savage. And this is what we see, and this is what we're going to see in the end times. He said we will make a show of religion, but really not really be about that life. Watch this. Watch this. Let's jump to 2 Timothy chapter 20. I want to sit here for a minute. 2 Timothy chapter 20. Watch this. And we're going to start in the well, NLT. In a wealthy home, Some utensils are made out of gold and silver, and some are made out of wood and clay. In a wealthy home, you got gold, silver, wood, and clay. Watch this. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are for everyday use. If you keep yourselves pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Watch this. Run from anything that stimulates usefulness. I'm like, okay, well, whoa. So if I want to be a special utensil ready for the master to use me for every good work, if I want my life to be clean and pure, this is the answer to how to do it? Run from anything that stimulates useful lust. I like the message where he says, run from any, uh, from any childish indulgence. He says, instead, pursue righteous living Faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Remember I said cruel cool love a few weeks ago? He says right here, if you want to be special use, you should enjoy the companionships of those who call on the Lord. The body of Christ, your brothers and sisters, you should want to be around the church people that's living holy. Normally you don't want to be around them for one reason, because you ain't right. And if you're around holy people and you ain't holy, you stick out like a sore throat. Watch this. He says again. I say, don't get involved in foolish, foolish arguments. They only start fights. I gotta read this the message version. He says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are only there are not only crystal goblets, silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers use to, to use to serve fine meals. Others take out the garbage. Be the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to His guests for their blessing. Run away from childish indulgence. Run. After mature righteousness, faith, love, peace, joining those who are honest and serious about before God. So if I want to be used for God by God as a special intention as, as a special utensil for special use, for kingdom use, I need to come and be righteous standing, pull myself apart, and then go join not just come pull myself apart but then insert myself around godly people doing the same thing I'm doing if i want if I want to uh, uh, live holy, if I want to stop being in the world, if I want to stop partying, I'm gonna take myself out the club and insert myself around the singles night and plant myself where other people are around me doing the same thing, get the right crew around me. And then I can build myself through training to be a useful tool for God for every good work? Absolutely. And that's the goal. That's another form of sanctification. I got to acknowledge. Give me, what are the kids? Give me, what, give me a, send me a twin up here. What are the twins? They here? They not here today? Send me um, Mello. Mello, back, Mello, I need some help. Give me Mello, Cam, Caleb. Y'all here? Give me Mello, Cam, and Caleb. They gone. Now they here. They go okay, can. Hey, right there. Help me out real quick. Um, give me. Uh, I need a baby. Kara, she in here. Come here, baby. That's my. She's my. She's my own point prop. Every week. She be ready to come help Daddy preach. Can you help me? Okay. Where Pastor Ann at? In the hall. It's okay, Pastor Jordan. Come help me out. I want to show y'all something. Ah, uh, let me see here. Uh huh. Kara, stand behind the tens. Caleb, I need you to get behind the forties. That's heavy. Cameron, take the seventies. Pastor, you on not Take the take the take the biggest ones up there. Sorry. No, no, the no, other no. He says in a house, it has many different utensils. Many different utensils. These are all different size and type utensils. Pastor Anders here, you want to trade them now? You got one way to get out of this. you hear here now. He can't be his pride in it now. Like I got this. Karis, <laughs> <laughs> can you pick up the tins for daddy? Ooh. <laughs> Caleb, can you grab the 40s? Okay. Camera. Oh, well, he's ready. Can you grab them 70s, son? Can you do it? Look at that boy. That's my boy. Yeah, that's my boy. Uh, Pastor Jordan. <laughs> do you mind grabbing those for me? Just come on, bend your knees, just go for you. Everybody's watching you. Yeah. 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 Okay. Now, hold on, wait, wait, wait. The scripture says. Let I me mean, remind y'all where we at. If you keep yourself pure, you'll be ready. You will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you'll be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Let's just switch. Everybody just switch. Pick a new weight. Cameron, you grab the tens. Um, um, you, grab the, you grab the big ones. Come on, go, go on, nephew. You got it. cares get them other ones. Yeah, come down here. Pastor Jordan, you grow here. So, stay with me. Camera, pick up the tens. Okay. Pastor, can you? Okay. Cares, go for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go for it, nephew. Come on. He, he, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that boy, that, he. He's only like eight, y'all. Like, <laughs> Some of them. Matter of fact, let's do it again. Switch again. Pick another one. Yeah, Cameron, you go to the end. Hey, let's try that. Go for it. Okay. Try, Caris. Yep. Try, Caleb. Yeah, that's really, almost. You, you, you gave up a little early, but you was almost there. Go for it account <laughs> okay, don't hurt you don't hurt yourself don't hurt yourself don't hurt yourself-huh you see you're going to hurt yourself trying to do God's work but he's not ready for it Everybody else based on the, your maturity and based on you keep your life pure and you're a mature Christian you're not on baby sport milk anymore God can use you for anything no matter if Jordan is here, here, here. Or here, no matter if it's a heavyweight, a lightweight, I need you to sow into them. I need you to pray for them. I need you to go over here. I need you to break your flesh. He's capable. Yeah. Cares can barely get through the little job. Because why? She's a baby. And because she's a baby, God says she can't even stay still. There's not even much He can do with her. Now watch, when she can't lift it, she throws a fit. And that's how most of us do in the body of Christ. God says, "I need you to do this," or, or God says, "I'ma let them do it" because He can be used for anything, and we'll get mad because you lifted it, but I can't lift it. But you're not holy. You're still a baby. You haven't learned, you can't preach yet. You're still a baby. You can't serve yet. You can't. You still a baby. You still struggle with even coming to church on time, so you can't. God can't use you. You're not able to be used. Now watch. You got somebody like Cameron. I'ma start here, like Caleb who overachieved. He wasn't even supposed to be able to live till. And some of y'all got more in y'all than you know. Some of y'all, well, I'm not. Some of y'all, boy, some of y'all got more, more in y'all than any pastor in the city. I watch people serve with a loving heart. What I've seen some people that's been in the pulpit for 30 plus years. When my father-in-law first came and joined the church, he didn't need a 90-day sit-down. He came and said, give me a sign. I'm going to stand out front on the corner and draw them in. It's some practice that wouldn't dare. It's some ministers that wouldn't dare. But you got somebody, you got say, I can use him for anything. I can use him to bring a friend. I can use him to go catch a soul in the corner. I can use him come over here and pray. I can use him for anything. I can use Daniel for anything. See, I can use certain people for anything in my kingdom because some tools can do that. Some tools can't. And they still crying and spoiled trying to live the same thing that they can't live to. Instead of trying to live holy and doing what the word of God says, putting themselves in the right position. And then you have people like him who are gonna to struggle to live something they're not capable of and end up hurting themselves, yes, blowing their back out and pulling their groin, trying to do something that they can't do. Why? Because everybody's looking at them. Because their pride is in it now. And instead of pastor or instead of that minister just sitting down, instead of that woman of God just sitting down because they know they keep going and keep going. And then what they don't understand, they then blew their back out and hurt themselves and derailed themselves from their calling trying to do something they're not capable of doing. (laughs) Thank you. What I'm trying to get us to understand in this it's a point of growth. It's for us to get to the point to where of us been a baby outside of the box and us coming into the knowledge of God, and we confused. Like, I'm trying. I'm on 40s level. I can do some stuff. But then we get into the bigger box. we at the 70s. We're pretty good. Like, this is, this is going decent. But then we get to a part where we're a kingdom vessel. And God said, I can crown you king me. Because now I can. Y'all know you play checkers, chess, checkers? And you get to the end, you get a double, a double piece, you get kinged. And now you can jump and move all the way. Before, you couldn't go backwards. But now because you came to the end and proved yourself to get to the end, you can go backwards now. Now you can do things you could not do before because God has gotten you to the place and matured you to the place where I can trust you more now. But the goal is, the goal is, if we don't work our way up, if we down here thinking that we really is, if we won't listen to nobody when they're telling you something because you know everything, you over here struggling about to blow your back out like Cam. I could do it. I got it. No you don't. Why well, I just tell him put that thing down before you hurt yourself. Cuz he would have kept going until he tore himself up. And that's what we need to learn in the body of Christ. God said, I'm trying to get you sanctified and set apart. But it's going to only happen through training. It's going to only happen through you living pure lives, through you keeping yourselves out of stuff and putting yourself around the right people. Sometimes I don't do that. I don't hang with girls. I don't go around there. And He said, and that's exactly why you struggle so bad. Because my words say replant yourself around who you want to need to be around to produce what you need to be producing in your life. Watch this. Watch this real quick. Watch this. John chapter 14. We cannot keep saying that we love God. We, I love him so much. I love him so much. He says two ways you know you love me. He says, for one, verse John chapter 14, verse 15, I'm going to do it in a message verse. If you love me, show it by what, you, by what I've to, told you. Excuse me, show it by doing what I've told you. The first thing he said, if you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, show it by doing what I've told you to do. And too often we've got this thing, I love you, Jesus, and we shout, but we don't live it at all. There's nowhere in our life where it's fruit that's produced that somebody else can come pick an apple off our tree and eat it. Watch this in Luke chapter 14, verse 33. He says, simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, got to go, boo. You can't you can you can't be my disciple. He says, if you're going to be a disciple, not a believer, a disciple that's going to follow me and honor me, you're going to let that young nest for a great catch. Boom, great catch. Now lead the catch and follow me. Peter said, okay. Most of us get a great catch. We ain't leaving the catch. He said, if you're not willing to say goodbye to people or your plans and follow me, you can't be my disciple. You'll be stuck as a baby. He said, that's not my will for your life. And the whole point and goal is for you to be a disciple of Christ, not a believer of Christ. A disi- uh, to be a Christian, a Christ-like individual. Sorry, y'all, we cannot stay Babies. We cannot just stay saying, oh, yes, I believe in God and I make a post and I share uh, uh, TD these That was a really cool little clip. Like, no, he wants us to live it. Because the whole point of living it is so we can get to, like in John chapter 15 verse 7. So where we can speak, and where we speak in the name of Jesus, he will do it. He said, that brings my father great glory. He's trying to get himself glory, but it's through a process of pruning. It's through a process of abiding in him. It's through a process of staying connected to him. It's through a process of sanctification and holiness. Then, you can get kinged. Then you're mature enough to now go. Then he can use you for every good work. 1 Peter chapter 14. I mean, 1 Peter verse 1 chapter 14. Watch this. So you must live as, God, as God's obedient children. Don't slip back in, into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But you now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is Holy. He says, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I'm holy. Watch this. He says, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favors. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. He says, so you must live live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. He says, the judgment seat of Christ is for people uh, uh, who believe in him. The sin issue is already paid. So it's gonna be two judgments one for people who believed, one for people who did not. And all of us who believe are gonna get judged according to what we do. What we have done in this life will matter. Some of us gonna to go to heaven and gonna have stockpiles of riches in heaven. Some of us gonna get there and be broke. Literally, made anybody in by the hair of our chin, chin, chin through belief. And some of us going to get there he said, I got no rewards for you. I got nothing for you. You're go- I'm judging you now according to what you did. The, the sin issue, I'm not, I'm not judging you according to sin because you put your faith in Jesus for that. He paid for that. Now I'm judging you for how you lived. Yes, and it says in 1 Corinthians, some of us going to have a great reward. And some of us going to have great, great loss, it says. Great loss because we didn't give God any of our lives. We lived how we wanted to. He says, so you have no reward. You have no inheritance in Galatians, it says. It says if you continue a lifestyle like this, you will will not inherit the what? The kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Because maybe we keep getting these verses wrong. The kingdom of God, our, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is us drawing down his rule as it is in heaven to earth. As vessels of Christ, he can pour it to us, and his rule is, uh, is not. We ain't got to wait to go to heaven to see the kingdom. We can pull it down and insert it right here, right now. He says, if you live in these things, you won't have an inheritance. It is no Holy Spirit foreign to you. We why in the next verse. It says, now let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. He says, you will get no Holy Spirit. You don't have no power. He said you, are not, you, you you. have no kingdom access. You are not a kingdom vessel. You, cannot, you have no inheritance. And on top of that, you when you get to heaven, you will have no, no, it says stock. It says, he says, store up riches in heaven Well, Martha and Russ can't get to him. You ain't stored nothing. You live your life. You please yourself. You please yourself. And you die knowing Jesus. He covers your sin. And you have nothing. I love how Dr. Tony Evans said, he said, you don't go to heaven and be a street sweeper. Because you didn't give God nothing. You had no fruit. You didn't stay abiding. You didn't stay connected. So now you just lived, enjoyed yourself, and it was all feel goods, feel goods, feel goods. Died, went to heaven, and had nothing. Because your sin issue, your salvation issue, he paid for that. He says, I made a way for you to be made right with me without keeping the requirements of the law. In other words, he he says, he says, um, he says, uh, 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 you have been, uh, uh, I got to read it. I got to read this. This is so good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Where my phone at? is it over there. Hey, tell me that. Just, just toss it. I think I'm gonna catch it. I gotta read you this. Just go for it. Like, like I gotta read you this because I think we need to get this in, in order of us to understand this even more. I, I, was, I was taking some notes. I uh, y'all seen me post this the other day. I watch this. He says, He says, God oh, is so good. He says, He says, Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law, it is based on faith. He says, so we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying the law. He says, he says, after all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he the God of Jews and Gentiles? Of course. Of course he is. There is only one God. He makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jews or Gentiles. He said, your acquittal your freedom from sin. Your freedom from the penalty of sin for the raise of sin is death. Your freedom for that is not based on what you've done. It's based on what I have done. And you can access that by faith. But if you access that by faith and you take on that free gift of grace so no man can boast, now you're on your own to get gifts. You're on your own to get blessed. You're on your own to stock rewards. That is up to you. But your acquittal from sin is based on what I did. Your holiness and what, how much blessing you get in this life, how much interference and relationship from the Holy Spirit you get in this life, and what you will have in heaven is based on what you do. Salvation was based on what I did. Your blessing and your freedom in Christ and your, uh, and your rewards in heaven and on earth is based on what you do. He says, now I loved you first to free you to love me back. I've loved you first to free you to obey my commands. I gave you a perfect example of love and sacrifice first that should free you to now love me back. And most of us will leave here today and struggle with the same stuff. After hearing all this word and hearing all this about growth, we will go home and look at the same sin, and we won't even battle it. We'll just say, hi, sin. Church was great today. You ready to pick back where we left off? Every week. And I was so tempted y'all to wear the same polo jumpsuit up here again. (laughs) I was. I was. Because I'm like, if, we, if I kept coming in here every Sunday with that same jumpsuit on, how trifling it would be. And yet we come in here every Sunday, we leave out of here and go do the same, the same, we haven't switched now one part of our life. Some of us are struggling with stuff, let me make, some of y'all going to struggle with some stuff for the rest of your life. It's gonna, you're going to struggle with some form of sin until you die. You would never be lived. You would never live perfect. Thank God for a savior that was, because we would never be. But some of us don't even try. Some of us don't even look at it and try to defeat it. We don't even try to do better. Y'all been hearing Pastor say, stop being late to church, and you walk up in here every day late every week. You don't even try to do better. You didn't even set a clock in your phone to do better. You didn't even try to get in your word this week. You didn't even try to love your mate better. You didn't even try to read more fast. You didn't even try. You... And walked out of here and said, let's pick up where we left off at. And God said, I could never really use you, 10-pounder baby. You still on milk. You won't listen. And everything I keep trying to feed you, you won't even grasp it. So now we're going to be 10, 15 years, and you're going to still be dull adhering, he told them in Hebrews. Watch this. I got four questions in one this week. Four questions in one. I got a four-on-one question. Question one, are you willing to do what it takes to be a kingdom vessel? To be earthly tool for heavenly use? Are you willing to be sold out for Jesus? Question number two. A hundred percent loyal to his plan for your life. Question three: Do you re- do you have enough faith to grow? Are you really, are you ready to trust God with all of you? Next question: Do you really want God? Or are you just a believer? Are, are you a believer or a Christian? Do you really want God? Or you are you going to be comfortable just being a believer? Or you want to be a Christ-like individual Christian? Ultimately, the question I want to ask you, will you obey the command to be sanctified? Will you obey the command to come out from the culture and everything else and be set apart for God's use? I got three quick points, too. Quick ones, too. Point one, stop faking. I'm starting to think, like, if I'm going to talk about, this is part one. I'm sorry, y'all, today, grow up that I already put it up there, the the, the, the grow up part one. We're going to do this for two weeks. Because we're just going to be on all this stuff in our life and just look in the word of God and say, either do it or don't. Either at least try, repent from it, try, or don't. This, this idea that we're going to just keep coming, playing around forever, like I want to eliminate that ideal of that. And I want to put so much scripture at you, you just burn and feel convicted every second you doing what you know you ain't got no business doing. Stop faking for one. James chapter 1, verse 1 through 8. This letter is from James, a slave of God, the, uh, and the, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. James said, I'm a slave to this. He said, he said, This letter from James, a slave. I'm a slave to what Christ told me to do with my life. He says, I'm writing I'm writing this to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers, scattered abroad. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. We talked about this last week. For you know, verse 3. That when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. I ain't got my glasses on. I'm like, what is wrong today? That's what it is. Verse 5. You, if you need wisdom, ask, generous, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. This is where I want to get to right here. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is, God, is in God alone. Do not waver. We talked about this last week. For a person with divided loyalty, is unsettled as a wave and seed that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Your mouth says something that your actions don't say. He says they have divided loyalty. Watch this. Why is the point one stop fronting? Because these are the same people that's asking. Give me wisdom, Lord how to do it. Tell me how. I'm ready. He says, but you got divided loyalty. You fronting and faking. You got a whole spiritual facade up. He says, but I see you. Don't think you're getting anything from me because your loyalty is divided between God, what I tell you and what I want for you, and the world. When your friends call on what the social media say and Facebook want and the, the typist thing of the day. You divided. Don't think you're getting anything from me like that. He says, he says, they're unstable in everything they do. And you can always tell somebody with some division because they all over the place. One minute they're posting about God and they love him. The next moment they got, let me stop. I'm, a, I'm not even going, but I want to, I want us to mature. Oh, Lord. Ooh. Let's move to the next verse. I, I don't even want to go there. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. I'm going to go in that two first first. He says, verse 3, 15, I'm going to do 15 and 16. I know all things you do that you're neither hot nor cold. He says, I wish you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. I love a message verse. He says, I know you inside and out, and I find little to my liking. God said, I see you inside and out. You cannot hide. And I find little in your life to my liking. I like a sweeny little, teeny teensy bit. I find very little to my liking. You believe in me, great. But the rest of your life sucks. I didn't make that up. Watch, he says, You're not cold or not hot. Far better to either be cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me wanna vomit. And too much of us got God up in him, like, oh. Did she really just, how did I, I ain't make God? Because I sinned, I sinned today, I'm making God throw up. That is not what I said. You're making God throw up because you're sinning and you're delivering however you want to, and then you try to claim him in the same thing. He says you're not hot or cold already. You just pick one. You're trying to stay in the middle. You have divided loyalty between the world and God. You're trying to stay right in the middle to get a piece of the world and get a piece of God. He said, that's what makes me sick. He said, I can deal with it if you just want to go be a sinner. My cross is enough to take care of your sin. I can deal with it if you just love me and go hard for me. I definitely want that. But the idea that you want to stay right in the middle and kind of do both, I, it makes me sick. And I just want to throw, y'all got God up there gagging at your life because you're all over the place. You toss to and fro like a, like a wind, like a, like a wave of the wind. Like we just read in James watch this. he says, "You you brag I'm rich, I made it, I got it made. I need nothing from anyone." Obviously, the fact, in fact, you're a pitiful blind beggar. I had to throw that part in there. Many of us think we got it going on with our life because we found the content little place. I got a cool little job and I'm cool. And he said, You don't even understand how broken, like how pitiful you are. Because you all, you want to be over here with me, but then you don't do nothing, Pastor Say. But then you want to be over there. Then you don't want to hang with the Christian people. And he said, You all over the place and you think you good and you have no clue how weak and pitiful you are. James chapter 1, James 1 He says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. he talking to you, the Christians. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. This really destroyed me this week because I found myself over and over in that one. Quick to listen? So, I mean, I should be shutting my mouth? I'm not good at that. He said, and slow to speak. Take your time and watch your mouth and slow to get angry. So, you should be, it should take a lot to get you there, A lot. He said, you should be slow to get there. He says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. He said, when you mad, it will never produce what I have in you. It will never better produce the righteousness, the glory I'm trying to produce out of your life. He says, 21, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God, the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word of God, if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing in the mirror at your face, uh, glancing at your, at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and, don't, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, that God will bless you for doing it. Salvation is free. Blessing ain't. He says, if you look and carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and do what it says, live it, and don't forget what you heard, don't just hear what you heard on Sunday and go do something completely different, then God will bless you for doing it. He said, if salvation was a free gift, so man, no man can boast. But if you want to be blessed, you got to obey. Y'all always hear me say this. When we talk about blessing, we need to talk about what? Obedience. Because obedience sets the stage, the prerequisites for blessing. Point two. Stop faking and fronting. Let's just keep building off of that. James chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to you, if you say you have faith but don't show up by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister that has no food or clothing and you say goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. God bless you. I'm going to be praying for you, sister. I got you. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What 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 does that do? He says. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough, unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Stop faking and front. We talk a good game again, but he says if you don't have faith that back, that he says your, your, he says he says unless it produces deeds, it is dead and useless. Watch. It. He said verse 18. Now someone may argue because I know y'all don't come with this. Some people have faith others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? If I really, if I tell you right now, it is raining $100 bills outside. If you really believe that, all y'all going to be knocking over chairs to get outside. I say for the next 15 seconds, it's raining $100 bills outside. If you really have faith that that was real, have y'all wouldn't even make it this side door, y'all been in broke. Have y'all legs trying to get out this door with y'all shirts out up there trying to catch these hundred dollar bills. But if you really don't believe, you ain't moving. You might say, Thank you, Pastor Declare. But you didn't even move. He says, if you see your brother and sister in need and you say, I love the Lord, and God said, How they know you my disciples is how you love each other. But then you say you love me and you with me, but you don't love each other. You see your brother and sister in need and you don't even help. He says, That's, what, 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 what goodness and what holiness, what, what would that produce? It's dead and useless. He says, he says, I'll show you that I have faith. You will see it by my walk. I ain't even got to talk it. I'll show, by my walking, by what I do will prove I got faith. He says, he says, he says, verse 19. He says, um, you say you have faith, or you believe that there is one God. God, good for you. Oh, I love this part. He says, good for you. Even demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. He says, wow, I believe in God, I'm believer. He said, cool, the devils do that too. I'm trying to get you to have a lifestyle of that with well, what you say. He says, he says, he says, verse 20, how foolish can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember, verse 21, that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. I got faith, we believe God. What have we done? To prove that, because we really, really, really have faith. So that's why I can go up there every day and pray. God, believe is already mine. So I'm already up there getting mad when they bust windows out and act a fool. I'm really being my feelings because my faith has already told me, hey, this is what God said. We've spoken and claiming that God said He's gonna do what He's gonna do. So now I go up there every day like I'm going to work, like, like that's where I'm supposed to be at. Because my faith has lined up with my with my with my, 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 my deed, my actions has lined up with what I believe. So it's an automatic response for me to move in what I say that I have faith in. It says, watch, he says, verse 21, Uh, verse 22, you see his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him righteous because of his faith. He he was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Watch this. Matthew 29, Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 69. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside the courtyard. Watch this, y'all. Stop faking in front. Of me. Peter was sitting outside the courtyard. A servant girl came, up, came over and said to him, you were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Benita, Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Later out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said, those standing around, this man was with Jesus in Nazareth. Now, mind you, Jesus had just got put on the cross. And now Peter is sitting out there looking, looking sad. His Lord is gone. He's on the cross. After Jesus has told him multiple, that you even know me, he said he would go to the cross. I'm doing whatever. Just a few hours ago when Jesus was actually with him, he didn't have to have faith. was swearing on life itself. i never leave you. I'm ready for everything. Anything you, I'll never leave you. And now you act like you don't even know him. We better stop faking in front. When we say one thing, we're doing one thing. But when it get hot and when it get real in our lives, we don't even want to associate with God. When we're not rocking Jesus because he's ain't cool and talking about Jesus ain't that cool, we shut up. We start getting ashamed of the gospel. We start not wanting to talk about Jesus no more. We start getting ashamed of who he is because now it get real. Now now people coming to address you. Ain't you the Christian? You ain't supposed to be smoking. Oh, bro, I just, I just went to church a few times. Now you don't even want to, you ain't even associated because now you, you got pulled to the car, to the rug. When people come pull your car, now you don't even know God. You ain't even, you just tried it out a little bit because now you have to, you went, you, get, you you. get better stop fronting. Last point. Well, We said we with Christ so they get real. Last point. Stop faking, fronting, and doing the most. James chapter 4, verse 1. What is causing these quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from evil desires at war within you? Watch this, y'all. This is all of us here. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. He says, y'all doing all this? You're so busy worrying about what everybody else, that they knew house and cars and husbands and wives that they got. He says you're so busy. He says he says he, he says it comes from evil desires that are at war within you. We put our eyes on something we should not have, and he says you don't have what you want because you didn't ask God for it. Now watch verse three. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what you want to get. You you only you want only what you would what you only want what would give you pleasure. He says when you do ask, you're not asking for to bring me glory. You're not asking so you can line your life on me. You just Give me a new job, Lord, I want a raise. He said, but you have no intentions of tithing. You just want a new car. You have no interest at all in, in obeying me and let me get it. I want a husband, Lord. You just can't, do, you struggling with horny, being horny. You don't really want to have a God-honoring marriage. You're not asking me so you can honor me with your marriage and submit and love me. And You just want, you just want, you just want the pleasure that comes from it you just asking me for the wrong reasons. You're not even asking me with a pure heart, with the right heart posture. He said, that's why you don't have it. Verse 4, he said, you're adulterous. Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again because you're hard-headed and you're hard-in-living listening. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. He said, I need you sanctified. If you want to be besties with the world, you immediately make yourself an enemy of me. He says, because me and the world are are two opposite ends. Nobody, you're not going to see my homes and and the other quarterback today talking about, like, we're going to be besties. Let's be friends all game. And I ain't going to throw for too many yards because I don't want to hurt your feelings. He said, the minute you link yourself up, we are not. You're an enemy of me. They could be cool when the game is over. But when that ball get kicked, I don't like you, I don't know you. And I'm about to hit you and chuck you and tear you up. That is, he said, the minute you want to link yourself up with the world, you immediately make yourself an enemy of me. He says, don't you understand this? Verse 5, do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the ones who are proud. I got it all, but the ones who are humble. Lord, I need your help. He said, I give you grace. I got greater grace for you. Verse 7, he says, so humble yourselves before God. This is a humility issue. Humble yourselves before God, before his rule, before his structure, before his standard. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and he will come close to you. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty, here we go again, is divided between God and the world. We keep seeing the same thing in Revelations. In James, Peter talks about it. It says that we got a loyalty issue. We want to be part, partners and cool with the world. And we want God to accept us too. He said, that is lukewarm and I'm not accepting it. That's the only time I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. It's when you try to have both. He said, I can deal with you just being one or the other. I got a plan for both. I got a plan to lift you and exalt you if you want to seek me. I got a plan to redeem you if you're going to live in sin. But you trying to be both and be friends, I don't, I'm not rocking with that. And if any of y'all got a friend, y'all will respect your friend if they just came and said, I'm not rocking with you no more. Right? But I hurt my friends, but I can respect that. At least you had enough to tell me. And if they just got mad love for you, that's even the better. But let them be that wishy-washy friend. You're like, she's so fake, you, you like, when she's with me the next minute, she's over there with them, like, you that would, you, not, you not even accepting that. Two-faced it. So how you think God is? So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Come close to God. He will come close to you. Wash your hands. You send spirit by your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Verse 9. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Watch this. Humble, here's his humble word again, yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. We have a humility issue. James chapter 4, verse 17, remember, it is sin to know you ought to do something, know, you ought, uh, know what you ought to do, and then don't do it. It is sin to know you should be doing something and don't do it. So you might say, what, I, I mean, what I'm doing really ain't sin, but you keep feeling like I shouldn't be doing this, and you do it anyway. That's He said, sinful, to know what you should be doing and don't choose to do it. I'm closing here. We're closing here. I mean, I got to go cook y'all wings for the game and cook all y'all meatloafs and stuff. Last verse. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. I'm closing here. He says, first. He says, verse eleven. When I was a child, I spoke like, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up. I put away childish things and I was really thinking about that like my son would be 16 in July Cameron and he'll be able to legally drive a couple years from manhood you know they get when they get grown when they 18 and for the most part I, I got high expectations for him so I'm on him a lot he, he's not a baby anymore so I'm on him a lot I'm disciplining him a lot because I love him so I'm always trying to get, I'm pressuring him, and I'm pushing him to be better, and to be better, and to be better, and to be better. I'm pushing him to to be more respectful to his teachers, to do your homework without me having to wake you up. I'm trying to push him because the goal is growth. I have an expectation that he's gonna grow. The minute he was born, the expectation was that I got about two years to, I, I first was counting down the days I didn't have to carry that car seat. But well, could you walk please fast? I hate car seats in my car. I cannot wait till carry hit that 70 pounds or whatever. I could get that big thing out of my back seat. The expectation from when I first seen him was that you're gonna go to be a man. One day you are gonna get married. I, I, it was never a different thought in my mind that oh my God, I got this little baby I'm gonna carry it for until I die. I'm gonna be packing bottles in forever. That was never a first, that was never the thought. That was never, nobody ever thinks that. Some of us, when our kids don't grow as we think they should, or has a doctor or how science has said it or set a pattern out, we freak out even. The expectation always is to grow. God says, My expectation for you is the minute you put your faith in me and believe in me and receive salvation, that you you grow. That you that you're going to mature that I'm expecting that from a ba- from a new believer that you're going to grow the There we go another reason why another reason why I, I, I'm i I'm, I'm on him so much but for six for 16 years I've been training him For almost 16 years, I've been training him to be the man, the godly man, the good man for 16 years. So what happens is, when I don't see what I've been training him to be, when I don't see the growth that I've been training him to be, it hurts me. I get upset with him sometimes. Because for 16 years, I've been training you to be this. And you won't be what i've been training you to be reason why in hebrews the writer is almost going off like y'all dull at hearing y'all still on milk y'all ought to be teachers by now y'all should all be preaching by now what is wrong with y'all and i get upset because he's not showing me what i wanted to get I- I- i'm mad when he missed the bus he'll miss the bus all the time i go off on him Like, hey, bro you 15 so you a sophomore you still missing the bus getting up i'm sorry dad like hey, You're too old for that. You're too old for that. Some of us have adult children, 19, 20, 21, and you see them do something like, you're just too old for that. You're not a baby anymore. So when I see y'all and I pass y'all and God sees us and I see y'all and I see myself, I say, we shouldn't be having this problem no more. We're not a baby anymore. We should be past this place in our life. When I was a kid, I, most of us went through this. We always thirsted. We can, I can't wait till I get older. I can't wait till I get grown. Some of y'all girls used to put a higher age on y'all Facebook page. You were not 21, you were 11. Oh, no, y'all ain't that grown. I know Rayleigh used to do that. Trying to be grown, my bad pastor. She's safe to find her, she's sacred. Can't talk about her, see that? We wanted to be grown so bad. Why? Because we felt like I can't wait to make my own choices. I can't wait to have my own freedom. I can't wait to control my own life. I just can't wait to be able to be what I feel like I want to be. And we need to keep that same energy spiritually. We should can't wait to be adult Christians. To be a, to, to be true disciples and have the Holy Spirit flowing through us, we should be like, I can't wait, man. I know right now I just put my faith in Jesus, but I can't wait to the fact that I'm living holy night and in all this mess I'm in and, and I'm praying and Jesus speaking to me, man. I'm fasting, like I'm reading my Bible, like what? Like we should can't wait to become adult Christians. Some of us are like, it's your time, take a word Wednesday. Like, oh, Pastor, I won't even be. Oh. you should can't wait. I can't wait to my time for word Wednesday. Up, I'm gonna kill it. God been speaking to me. I've been I'm been growing past my. My spiritual muscles are getting up. I'm, I'm different now. Y'all should be thirsting to become one day, grow up to be teaching. Because the, uh, the, the goal, memory is sanctification. It's for God to be able to use you for every good work. We should be thirsting, thirsting to get to the 110s. I can't wait. I'm on the 40s now. But in a minute, I'm going to be there. We should be thirsting to get to the point where God can use your life for everything. But there's only going to come through a sanctified life of sanctification through living holy through putting yourself around the people of God is gonna help groom you, go you, and 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 put some insulation around you that you're gonna need to walk and making the hard choices. He said, "You got to be willing to say goodbye to anybody or anything to seek Me, and and to be very honest, many of us will never do that. We will never look at our life and be willing to give it all up for Him. We are not gonna do it. That's just the matter. Many of us will never get to the point." But well, we want to honor God to point we will lay down our life, Romans 12, 1, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. We won't do it. We're going to try to play the fence so long until God wreck us. Until we get into our sin, put us in such a problem, and our lifestyle put us in such a pit that it wrecks us. And now we're going to be screaming for Jesus' death. He said, all you need to do a long time ago is commit yourself to me. And unfortunately, some of us would never give it to them. We're going to live our whole lives doing what we want to do and never really see what God wanted for us. And you're going to get to heaven if you believe God. And You got a little baby. See, this is the thing, too. This is what I don't like. An apple tree is an apple tree. Whether it got big, fat, luscious apples on it that everybody can eat from, a little bitty, baby, sour, nasty ones. Still an apple tree. And unfortunately, a lot of us just are settled. I'm an apple tree. I got baby little fruit. I do one thing really good for God. I struggle with the rest. And I'm kind of, I struggle. I know it's wrong. I be saying I'm sorry sometimes, but I ain't really trying to, you know, like, and and we just settle for being a little baby Christian. I can live to 40s. That's better than most because they only live 10s. And we all want to get to the point where God can use for everything, where our lives are used for everything. And the thing about it, we we tell people that has baby apples, you're not an apple tree, you go to hell. I'm still an apple tree. It's just a useless one to God. Remember what he said in John? Those trees are useless, they don't matter, don't, don't do much. We scrape them together and burn them up. They don't, they don't, they're, they're useless to the garden. They don't help the garden. And unfortunately too many of us are gonna live our life and never say, God, you can have me. And We're gonna live defeated for many years when God being gave us an opportunity. And some of us are gonna be all right. We're gonna live pretty decent lives. We're going to think we got it made like you said in Revelations. And the whole time we're going to be like, bro, you don't know how broke you are. Yep, you're doing good. Your little apartment, you got all right. But man, if you only know what I would have did for you. Yeah, you got a little bit of happiness, decent little marriage, but bro, if you only knew what I would have did for you, dang, all of what you missed out on. Mm, wouldn't, wouldn't abide bothered me. You had enough of the world, enough of culture, enough likes, enough followers that you, you banked on what they thought about you instead of what I thought about you. Dang, you missed out. Huh? love you anyway and we're going to get you heaven and be dumpster men be the happiest dumpster, heavenly dumpster boys ever because we never gave him anything, we never laid that lives before him so he can use it which was going to build us riches and crowns in heaven we never got to the point where the Holy Spirit was so heavy and active in us it's th- the ones of y'all who did this fast and took it serious, y'all felt it what it's like to spend that kind of time with God and the Holy Spirit be just so overwhelming in you. Now compared to how we are now after the fast, it feels completely different. It's, it's, yeah, I know what it feels like to have intimacy with Him, and some of us would never get there. We would never get to the point where just stuff will be happening. I was hearing some of y'all testimonies. It was, it was so beautiful. Some of the things God was doing for y'all, promotions and, and some of y'all just were spiritual. Some of y'all been just praying for y'all families and just seeing what God was doing in your family and God was just moving all over. And some of us would never experience that. God said, I'm offering you no bondage, every chain to be broken. We will never take full advantage of it. Because we're so stuck in ourselves and our sin. We want to be partners with the world. We want to be cool with the world. We don't want to be set apart. We want to do what the world do and look just like them. We want them to accept us. But y'all have no clue. When I really started being for Christ for real, Visual said something cool. He said, I went to church for years and didn't live it. Now I walk close with him, and yeah, there's a difference. Well, I believed in Jesus my whole life, but I was besties with the world. Y'all know how many Facebook friends I had? Like, they used to love me. Like, I could post a picture, bro, like, hi, good morning. It was like 200 likes. They would comment, good morning, bro. Like, and, bro, when I started screaming Christ about eight or nine years ago, boy, if I get to, you might get five likes on that mug. When I separated myself and stopped being cool and just so, he says in Romans, he says, I love it when we read Romans 12, 1 in the message verse, he says, don't be so, don't, don't be so worldly that you just easily fit in without even knowing. You just fit right in. You go into the world and you just you camouflage, you just because you fit so perfectly with them. He said, that's not what I'm calling you to be, Wordsway. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, y'all God got enough churches that fit in really nicely with the world. He's kind of over that and unfortunately he called us to be something different so we have a choice we be what he called us to be sanctified and holy if we try to be like hooked up with the world we're pointless we're pointless to him he wants a holy sanctified church he did not say a perfect he said one that's going to pursue his will and his way and his gospel and everything and if we ain't willing to be that we might as well stop now so I have to push on this this year. This is the word for the year. God said, "Grow, growth." We I have to push on this this year. Put it up there, growth. I have to push on this I have to push on us because we have to get to this this year of a lifestyle where we just grow. And if you look at the stairs, every stair is produ- more, produce more production, more production until it's a full produ- produ- production tree. So I, if you're not, I don't want you living a life where you're so cool here. I'm really producing, things are really cool. He said, that's not the plan for you. That things are a little bit better. Do you really want my blessing? Do you really want me? It will cost you. My salvation, you got that for free, but if you really want the rest, that ain't free. It's gonna be a a fight with your flesh. You have to die to yourself daily. You have to daily die to yourself, die to what you want to exchange it for what God wants. I wanna do this, but God said, do this, okay. And you're going to be working on stuff for the rest of your life. I, I, I heard, a YouTube, I've seen a YouTube video of a, a marriage couple that was married 70-something years. And he said, I'm still learning her. And He was dead serious. Like, bro, I'm still learning her. Old oh, is in my was in their 90s. Like, I'm still learning how to love her and how to be better. I'm like, bro, by now, y'all would have got to be like, Jesus. Like, still working on it. He says, Paul says, it's going to be a knockdown, drag-out fight to the death. That's why you need your crew. Right? You're going to need your people around you because this process of holiness is going to take a lot. Get, get off salvation. God has sealed that. until The Bible says Yo, salvation is sealed until the day of redemption. That's sealed. Now he wants you strictly focused on producing a lifestyle of holiness and sanctification. You don't have to worry if you're going to heaven or hell no more. He said, I took care of that part. Now I need you to focus on this part. If it's anybody here, oh, come on, ministers, I, I wasn't going to do this because, but I, I, if there's anybody in here that says, I've never,